the cards tell our futures? Why is it tarot cards are so popular? Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and this week we're exploring one of the most popular used tools of divination, tarot cards. Tarot has drawn people into its magic for centuries, with cards being available to purchase in hundreds of different designs today, even including Disney villains, Jane Austen and ferrets. You name it and there is a deck out there for you to choose. Whilst they're not as simple as other divination methods like pendulums or tea leaves, they are still one of the most popular forms of divination around. Methods of reading the tarot have changed over the years, with many adopting their own unique style, but the cards themselves haven't changed much at all themselves. Tarot cards likely originated in northern Italy during the late 14th or 15th century. The oldest surviving set, known as, and I hope I get this right, Visconti Savorzadec. Oh my gosh, I probably got that so wrong. It sounds wrong, doesn't it? But apparently it's how it's, how it's written. The Visconti Svorzadek was thought to be inspired by the costume figures who participated in carnival parades. Interestingly, the same carnival is mentioned in Edgar Allan Poe's infamous short story, The Cask of Amon Till Addo. It is said tarot was invented by adding to the existing four-suited pack a fifth suit of 21 specially illustrated cards called Triomphi, triumphs, and an odd card calling Il Matto, the fool. The illustrated playing cards were used for a card game called Tarocci, which was popular across Europe and became tarot in southern France, which is where the name tarot comes from. Although they had rich imagery on each card, the cards did not carry occult meanings until the 18th century. In a series of French volumes called The Primeval World, analysed and compared to the modern world, published from 1773 onwards, Antoine Court de Gebelin proposed the theory that tarot cards came from Egypt and contained the secret wisdom of Thoth, the god of writing, magic, wisdom and the moon. In 1909, Arthur Edward Waite, British poet and writer of occult and esoteric matters, hired Pamela Coleman Smith to illustrate the widely popular Waite-Smith deck. It's also known as the Rider-Waite deck because it was published by the Rider Company, which is used by many tarot card practitioners until this day. I even have a pack too. Even for amateurs, it is undoubtedly a classic deck to own. In the Rider Waite deck, catering to a modern taste, the Christian imagery of previous decks was toned down. For instance, the Pope became the Hierophant and the Papist became the High Priestess. The Minor Arcana was illustrated with allegorical scenes where earlier decks only had simple designs. Similarly, the Moon has kept its compositional elements for more than five centuries, a path leading off into the distance, animals on both sides representing two sides of human nature, a crawfish crawling out of the water and distant towers. 
The standard modern tarot deck is based on the Venetian or the Piedmontese tarot. It consists of 78 cards divided into two groups, the major arcana, which has 22 cards, also known as trumps, and the minor arcana, which has 56 cards. The cards of the major arcana have pictures representing various forces, characters, virtues and vices. The 22 cards are numbered 1 through to 21, with the full being unnumbered. The tarot's of the major arcana are in order as follows. 1. The juggler or magician. 2. The papist or female pope. 3. Empress. 4. Emperor. 5. Pope. 6. Lovers. 7. The chariot. 8. Justice. 9. Hermit. 10. Wheel of Fortune. 11. Strength or Fortitude. 12. The Hanged Man, which everybody hates. Um, 13. Death. Everybody hates that as well, but it doesn't necessarily mean death. 14. Temperance. Uh, 15. The Devil. Uh, 16. Lightning Striking the Tower. And 17. The Star. 18. The Moon. 19. The Sun. 20. The Last Judgment. 21. The World or Universe and the Fool. The 56 cards of the Minor Arcana are divided into four suits of 14 cards each. The suits, which are comparable to those of modern playing cards, are as follows. Wands, batons or rods, cups, swords and coins, pentacles or discs. Each suit has four court cards, a king, a queen, a knight and a jack and 10 numbered cards. I hope you're keeping up with all of this. In ascending order, the value progression in each suit is ace to 10, then jack, knight, queen and king, though the ace is sometimes assigned to a higher value as in modern playing cards. The adaption of tarot to occult and fortune-telling purposes first occurred in France about 1780. For fortune-telling, each tarot card is described as a meaning. The cards of the major arcana refer to spiritual matters and important trends in the question's life. In the minor arcana, wands deal mainly with business matters and career ambitions, cups with love, swords with conflict, and coins with money and material comfort. The tarot deck is shuffled by the questioner and then the fortune teller lays out a few of the cards, either selected at random by the questioner or dealt off the top of the shuffled deck in a special pattern called a spread. The meaning of any card is modified according to whether it's upside down, its position in the spread and the meaning of adjacent cards. At its most basic, tarot tells us stories about our lives and how we could live them better. Shuffling the deck and picking out cards reveals what different trials and tribulations we might face in any given journey. The cards might not represent our own journey in a given reading. They might represent someone else in our lives or symbolise a more general issue. Tarot is a complex language and every reading is different, as well as every reader and the mythology they use to interpret the cards and their interaction with each other. I've had many tarot readings and I remember having one the day that I went on my very first date with Carl, who is now my husband of 23 years. The lady who did the reading told me I was going to meet the love of my life and that we were going to travel the world. Well, as you can imagine, I remember we sat in a restaurant in Southampton and I kept looking over the table, looking into his eyes over a glass of vino and thinking, is this him? Is he the love of my life? Well, 
It was. And after Mary was born, our first work trip together uh, was to Egypt to film a music concert at the Pyramids of Giza. It was amazing. And then, of course, we came up with the idea of Most Haunted and we travelled around the world with the show. So had the tarot card reader made a lucky guess or had she seen my future? Well, I'd like to think so. I first picked up a tarot card pack when I was 18 and living in London for the TV show Blue Peter. I was living with a couple of my best girly friends and uh, on most weekends um, there'd be a big group of us and we'd all be around one another's flats, um, friends' flats, and we'd get the food and wine out and of course afterwards when the evening wound down we'd get the tarot cards out and it was more of a therapy session to be honest Uh, if one of us was going through a bad time with a relationship or problems at work um, it would be good to sit with your mates and have a reading where the cards told you about how to live more positively and how all of this meant nothing and it was going to have a really good positive outcome so you went to bed that night with a smile on your face thinking yes it's all going to turn turn good so what's actually happening with the tarot cards then you know is it the spirit world that are almost pushing your fingers to pick out a card or is it the the reader the fortune teller that's actually looking at the cards and picking up images feelings and so on and then reporting back to you uh, the sitter you know her thoughts her feelings coming from the spirit world or is it just complete guesswork I don't believe it is. I really believe the spirits are helping us. I really believe that in the past I've had some fantastic readings where things have come true, like that lady saying, I'm going to meet the love of my life and travel the world. Yes, it's very generic. uh, And she could say that to everybody and it just happened to to hit. And I I understand that. Um, But I've spoken to an awful lot of people. I mean, Weirdly enough, uh, um, I don't know if you guys remember, there's a lovely lady called Rusty Lee. She used to be a cook on t- uh, breakfast TV uh, in the 80s. And I'm still friendly with Rusty. And she's a lovely lady, one hell of a laugh. Um, but she is a very keen tarot card reader. And I remember we were doing a show once and we were away in the hotel in Liverpool. And uh, she gave a couple of us a reading. And she told one of the ladies, I think it was the makeup lady, she said, um, oh, she said, you're pregnant. And the girl burst into tears and she said, yes, I am. Now, that's incredible. She got that from the cards, which was extraordinary. She also told me that I was going to continue working on Most Haunted and they were going to keep traveling and it was going to keep going for years. And I thought, surely not. Again, she was right. So, because of those experiences, I don't think it's just purely hit and miss. Um, I mean, for Rusty to come out with something like you're pregnant and the woman was, uh, is just extraordinary to me. So if you have a pack of tarot cards, fabulous. Um, and you will have, like I've just said, your own way of reading them, your own version of how you create the the, the sitting and the reading uh, for the person that you're, you're giving it to. I have my own way of, of dealing and uh, the cards and, and doing a reading. And sometimes it's been very good, apparently, and other times it's very generic. Um, so I'm keen to actually learn more about the tarot cards and how to actually become a better reader. 
Following on our episodes on predictions, Jackie got in touch with her own prediction. Hi, Yvette. I've just listened to this week's podcast on predictions. I thought I'd share one of my strongest predictions yet. Many years ago, back in 1999, I started seeing a man and went on a few dates with him. He lived quite far away and it seemed we were unlikely to stay together. We were both very busy as we just started out in our careers. We seemed finished and I was really upset about it as I did like him a lot. After the initial breakup, I suddenly had a calmness come over me and a knowing. I knew that we were going to marry. I know that sounds insane. We just split up and had also had a falling out about it. So I didn't know how we were going to even see each other again, let alone get back to dating and then eventually marrying. But I just knew that that was exactly what was going to happen. Fast forward to 2022 and we'll be celebrating 20 years of marriage this December. So my prediction did indeed come true. Backstory, we both got invited out on someone's work do by mutual friends and ended up being inseparable from the moment we met up at that do. Love the podcast. Thanks. Jackie. We also had a lovely email from Helen whose unexplained experiences have ramped up since becoming a Wiccan and a witch. Hello Yvette, my name is Helen, I'm 44 and I live in Derbyshire. I've always believed in the supernatural and paranormal but I always rule out the normal before jumping to these conclusions. I love Most Haunted as you and your team are honest, respectful and sincere whereas the other shows I think make things up just to get views. I've had a few unexplained experiences throughout my life, but nothing prepared me for when I first dedicated myself as a Wiccan and a witch. All the research and studying did not prepare me for what I went through every day and night. The rituals and any spells that I had cast were not spirit-related, mainly worship the goddess, the seasons and the spells for health and healing. It started slowly at first, Every night in bed, I would feel something get onto the bottom of the bed and gently touch my foot, the sheets being tugged. Then I would feel the bed being moved, which would wake my husband up. None of this was scary at all. Then the night visitors, as I call them, came. Every night, I would see them or feel their presence. All of this happened in the bedroom. The first time I saw one, I woke up to see a grey, dirty-looking woman bent over me with long, wet black hair covering her face, just looking at me. I screamed and she vanished. I haven't seen her again. The next night, I woke up to see a man stood at the side of the bed wearing a a tan trench coat and dark hair. I saw him a couple of times that night. I felt protected when I saw him. The strangest one I saw was I woke up and I saw something shimmering in the doorway at the side of my bed. And that stayed there all night. The one that made me reach out for help was when I woke up to find a black and green glowing creature on my bedside table that really scared me as I knew it wasn't anything from this earth. It was the size of a cat, but it just felt wrong. I reached out to fellow Wiccans on Instagram and I got the help and advice that I needed. Like you, Yvette, I had opened myself up completely in capital letters and I hadn't got enough protection in my house to stop this. After doing the necessary protection rituals and spells, I have only seen two more visitors. One night, Jack, my English Bull Terrier, was poorly, so I slept downstairs with him on the sofa. Whilst on the sofa, I could see a cat slowly form. It started off like how a videotape used to look when the tracking wasn't right uh, and then got clearer. It was my cat, Holly, who had passed five years ago. Then another cat appears, my cat Phoenix, who we only lost last year. 
I could sense another coming, but my staffy George saw them and went up to them. Then they vanished. The cats were just sat, cleaning like there wasn't anything special about it. I thought it could have been the stone tape theory, so I called their names and they looked at me. The last one is something that I've always dreaded seeing. I woke up to see a face inches away from me. I screamed and punched it right on the nose. Whilst all of this has been going on, I also now hear singing, church bells, humming, songs, animals, people calling my name. I lost my mum 13 years ago to cancer and I've heard her call my nickname Hells. Only my mum and dad called me that. I know your saying is that you have to see it to believe it, but my saying is the opposite. You have to believe it to see it. Love and light and bless be Helen Murfin. Well, thank you so much, Helen. Uh, for that email. And I have to be honest, I actually shuddered as I read it. Yes, just like me, you've opened yourself up to the other side. It's incredible, isn't it? But take caution, a warning from both my stories and Helen's. Um, If you listen to a previous podcast, you'll know all about my night terrors. Prepare, prepare and prepare. Do your homework before delving into anything, anything at all, anything spiritual. Otherwise, you may get a bit of a fright and we don't want that, do we? I can totally understand what you've gone through, Helen. The woman with long black hair standing over you. Oh my God, I think I would have weed. I had something similar happen to me in our old house in Cheadle Hume in Cheshire is where we came up with the idea of Most Haunted. I was exhausted uh, as we'd been filming a Most Haunted the night before. So I went to bed early and Carl was watching TV downstairs. I think, I think, because it's so many years ago now. I opened my eyes and there lying next to me was an old woman. She was facing me and her face was really close to my, my, my eyes open. Well, I think all the neighbours heard me scream. I thought, I think some, they must have thought I was being murdered. Um, but this all coincided with a haunting that was happening at that house. And we discovered that the old woman actually had lived in that house. Um, but Helen's story brings brings us back to those night terrors and since I have um since I recorded a previous episode on the subject I have to report that this is good news I've had the best night's sleep since I finished writing my third book which is all about witchcraft by the way before bed and I know you've heard me say this before but anybody else having sleep problems or night terrors or or sleep paralysis just try this before bed watch something like Mary Poppins now last night I watched Nanny McPhee and tonight I'm watching Nanny McPhee too and can I just tell you my god I've had the best night's sleep I highly recommend anyone like uh, Helen and myself, who've had night visitors or night terrors, this works. Oh, and of course, don't forget the 1950s Winnie the Pooh. It's a classic and a treasure and will send you off to sleep with a huge smile on your face. Now, joining us this week is friend of the show, Melissa Mercury, who's a tarot card reader. I'm very, very excited. She's going to be giving me my own reading and giving us some tips and tricks on how to get the most from your cards. If you want to hear more from her, check her out on Instagram and her handle is at Mercury Tarot. Well, Melissa, I am so excited because I haven't had my tarot cards read for a long time. I've always the, been the one doing the reading for other people. Um, and when you hear, because I'm going to do you a reading. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I know. And I've never done it over 
the airwaves as it is without seeing you. So it's going to be quite interesting. And when you hear how I do my reading, you'll wet yourself laughing because it's no way as professional. It, mine isn't even professional at all. It's, it's actually quite laughable, really. But it's in the past, it's had a few little successes, uh, unlike yourself. So how do you go about, what do you do first when you, let's pretend I'm sat in front of you. So there are different ways of doing it. If you were sat in front of me, the first thing that I would ask you to do, Yvette, is to get nice and comfortable and relaxed because it's really important that you're not feeling at all nervous or kind of carrying any anxiety or that will go through into the reading. So I would ask you first just to take some nice deep breaths, which we do in person or if we're doing it via Zoom or via a phone or in this case on a podcast. So I'd ask you to take some big cleansing breaths. And then if we were face to face, I would hand you the tarot deck. Normally, I offer people a choice of different tarot decks because I am obsessed with the artwork. I've got over 40 different decks, would you believe? So I'd ask you to pick the one you like. Oh, my word. Yeah. It's insane. Like there are, I think I've got two different cat themed tarot decks. There's a whole deck, which is just Pantone colors, which is 78 (laughs) different shades, which if anyone can read that, get in touch because that is a skill, a whole different skill. But yeah, I think it's personal choice. So today I've kept it traditional and I've got the, if you're familiar with it, the Rider Waite Smith deck. So one of the most classic decks published in 1909. So I'd give you the deck of your choice. I'll ask you to shuffle. Should we go with the, the, the weight one? Perfect. That would be good. I've got that one in my hand go go with that one because I've just been talking about that you see so that's sort of the most sort of common one I suppose isn't it that most people will recognize it is yes it's the one that most modern tarot decks are actually based on because it was the first one to do a really good job of illustrating all the the minor arcana which are the kind of the smaller kind of suits if you like so you've got your cups your swords your wands and your pentacles so this was one of the first decks to do that really well so we'll go with that hand them to you get you to shuffle them put your energy in and then i'd ask you and i will ask you today as well if there is anything on your mind that you wanted to discuss that you wanted to bring in or if you just wanted to keep it quite general let's keep it general Let's keep it general. So just while you're sort of concentrating on that, um, what do you think is going on here with the tarot cards? Do you think it's the spirits intervening to help? So I am a bit different in my approach. So I tend to see it more of a psychology than as a spiritual exercise. So I studied tarot at London School of Astrology and I find it fascinating, but I don't necessarily believe that I am myself a psychic or anything like that. I've had spooky experiences that I can't explain, but I think most people have if you if you ask them. And I just think it's a something something a little bit spiritual, something a bit psychological, but it's just when you give somebody a, a platform to be able to voice you know, what's going on or to spend some time reflecting. It's something we don't really get much of an opportunity for. So I think it's it's you that tends to be doing the work in the reading. So that'll be you doing most of the work today, unfortunately. Oh, God. Right. Okay. How are you doing there? <laughs> but nothing to worry about. So what's going through your mind now? Yeah. So my mind is blank. Completely blank. And what I'm doing is I'm shuffling the cards away. And I'd just like you to let me know when to stop shuffling. And we'll see what comes up. So are you feeling nice and relaxed? Mm. Just let me know whenever you're ready. You say stop. stop. Yep. 
That's absolutely hilarious. So the first card we've had come up today, speaking of tarot, is actually the High Priestess. So we've kept it quite general, but this would represent kind of things going on in your life at the moment, combined with a little bit of your personality, actually. So the High Priestess is an absolutely beautiful card, which represents a connection to the spirit. So Yvette, obviously, as we know, you've got a bit of a connection there. Well, that's, yes. Not much of a surprise. (laughs) That's good. So it's telling you to really actually trust yourself, trust your own abilities and trust your connection to kind of spirit, to any kind of higher influences that you might have. So what it's telling me as well, you just mentioned that you were going to give me a reading today. It's saying that you should be fully confident in your abilities because there's absolutely no reason for you not to. You just need to have that confidence. The High Priestess is a fantastic, very wise human being who is very well read, very well researched, but she can ignore all of that if she chooses to, because her connection to her gut and her intuition is super, super strong. So if there's any situation going on at the moment, Yvette, where you're feeling like the logical answer isn't the right one and your gut intuition is kicking in, go with it a hundred percent. Sometimes other people might say, that's, that's crazy. Why are you doing that? That that's not what I would do. And they're probably wrong. Trust your intuition. You are smarter than that. Okay, that makes sense. That's, yeah, okay, I like that. So the second card we have is the Four of Pentacles. So this would represent, again, like another situation that might be happening in your life at the moment as we kept it quite general. And the Four of Pentacles actually is a little bit of a frustrating card at times. So the picture on the card is somebody who is kind of covering two pentacles with their feet. They're kind of really putting their weight on the pentacles, which are kind of like coins with pentagrams on on the ground. They're hugging one of the pentacles or coins really close to them and they're balancing another one on their head. And what this represents is that you might be feeling in a position at the moment where you're a little bit stuck, which isn't great. So we'll do another card and see how you can get out of that situation. But essentially the advice here is sort of, asking you to explore areas that you might be feeling stuck in and understand, you know, dig a little bit deeper. Why might you be feeling stuck? Is it because you don't see a way out of the situation? Is it because you're perhaps protecting and preserving your energy or resources for something else? Pentacles is a card which normally is related to kind of either like career or to property or to finance, but it's implying that there's a situation at the moment and you can't really move outside of it. So we want that energy to shift so you can be open to new possibilities. Maybe I'm constipated. That could be, that card could mean that. could be i'm loving this keep going yeah so that's that i find as well sometimes you know if it doesn't come to you immediately if you haven't asked a specific question if you just sit with it for a while it it might come well that's that works for the constipation advice as well doesn't it really (laughs) it does that and then the final card we have actually is the devil oh god so quite quite big ones today you have the high priestess and the devil come up so the devil the picture on the devil is a character who actually, you know, looks a little bit like a pan kind of creature. They've got horns. They look a little bit devilish. And on the card in front of the devil, you have two characters who are completely naked, standing kind of chained to a pedestal. So this might sound a little bit bleak at the first hearing of it, but actually it's not anything to worry about too much because what the devil is actually asking you to do about is 
explore your kind of your own kind of habits and your boundaries. So with this card, it represents there might be something going on in your life where you're actually blocking yourself a little bit. So it might be that Mm -hmm. you get inside your own head or there's kind of a bad habit or something that you do that's preventing you from moving forward with something. And sometimes it can be linked to anxiety. I'm not saying this is in your case, but sometimes it can be linked to kind of things from the past that come back to haunt us. But essentially, it's just saying you need to be really honest and be vulnerable with yourself and, you know, be open to change. Because the key with the devil is that there's something that it'd be you doing that's holding you back. Oh, I see. So it's asking you to really dig deep and confront it. Oh, right. Yeah, so the characters actually, if you look at it at first glance, you see them, they look all chained up, but actually their hands are free so they can take the chains off. They can walk away from it, but they're staying there because something about the situation or the process is familiar and it's comfortable. So the devil's linked with self-limiting beliefs, something that you tell yourself or something that you keep doing that you know is bad for you. But it's comforting. So I don't know if that's related to the the, the four of pentacles and the thing that you're feeling a bit stuck on, but it's saying that you've actually got more power in this situation than you might believe. Right. Well, I shall, I shall think on of that, Melissa, and see what, you never know, in the middle of the night, I'll go, ah, that's what it means. Um, Very, very interesting. As I'm listening to you talking and you describing the, the, the images and so on, and, and it, as I, um, I just mentioned before in, in the uh, podcast, it is like a therapy session, isn't it? It is delving deep into one's personal life, and um, you know the reader is giving you advice um, from these pictures and the cards. And like I say, some people get the most amazing things uh, that come out in these cards. And like you're saying, you know, you 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 look at the logical side of things and. Um, but I find it very hard to to look at the logical side of things when you get the most incredible readings. Like I've just said, my my friend did a reading and and she actually looked at the young girl she was reading for and said, "You're pregnant." And the girl burst into tears and said, "Yes, the cards are showing me that you are." I mean, that to me is incredible. Um, like I say, it could be a, a, a coincidence there. But listening to your lovely voice, um, it, it's it's no wonder why these cards have been so popular. For, for thousands of years. Oh, thank you. No, I do. I do think it is definitely almost linked to therapy and it is such a profound thing. So I've read the cards of over a thousand different people and it's beautiful because no two people have the same response and it is such an inherently private thing. It's the same way therapy is because some people will sit, if you're doing it in person, they will smile, they will nod, they will walk away, they will not say a word. And then suddenly a couple of days later, I will get an email from that person literally explaining why the cards were right, what's going on in their life and how they've had the confidence to do the things that they needed to do but at the time sometimes you can't tell what's going through somebody's head and then you have other people then you'll turn a card over and it'll be like you say especially if it's dealing with like you know pregnancy or people that have passed you'll turn over one card and somebody will instantly start crying and then they'll tell you their whole life story and why they were brought to tears instantly wow but there's no there's no right or wrong way to do it so shall i give you my reading now then yes please i'm so excited i've not had my cards read for a long time I can't even tell you what these are. Do you know, I've had these for years. Um, these are 1986, these cards are. So I don't do the major and the minor. I was I was um, 
did some cards for my two very good friends, Paul and Helen, who are very uh, spiritual and, and lovely. And, and I said, one day we sat around the kitchen table, I'll, I'll give you a reading. So I gave the reading, but I had the book with me. And every time I was just learning. And every time I sort of got a card, I'd go and look into the book and see what you know it meant and so on and so on. And Paul put his hands over mine and went, stop doing that. He said, look at the cards and tell me what you're feeling. That's the way to read the cards. So that's how I do it. Um, and um, everybody has a, a different way of doing it. But I don't have your experience, Melissa. And, you know, you have, you know, this amazing knowledge where you, you know, you have all these packs, you've trained in it, you know exactly what each one means, where I haven't a clue. So I'm just going off the feeling that I get. Okay. So I'm shuffling the cards now. And I want you to tell me when to stop. Shuffle, shuffle. Okay, you can stop now. Okay, right. And then I'm just going to pick out some cards for you. The first card is the King of Wands. So this is a, a, a gentleman. Oh, I need to ask you because I don't normally ask this question. So I'm going to do it how I normally do it. You've asked me if there's any particular question, but I don't do that. So I'm just going to say what I've got. So the King of Wands, he's sat on a throne in a field and behind him is a ram. And he's holding a wooden torch that's aflame behind him. And then in the mountains, there's this sort of palace. They look sort of very Greek. Um, and on top of his head uh, sits a crown. So... I have that there is a gentleman in your life at the moment who um, needs your help. Um, he, you look up towards this person and it's been a little bit difficult because you've had to, for the first time, take his hand and help him. It's always difficult when you see an older person who you've looked up to for guidance, sort of as they're getting older you then have to take their hands and lead them forward and, and help them. So it can be a little bit upsetting, um, but everything will be fine because all around this throne is lovely grass and it's sort of all very uh, fruitful and, and um, healthy and well-being. So whatever this person's going through at the moment, you just being there and helping them um, is a real godsend and will help them to get better. I don't know if that means anything at all. The second card is the four of wands. I have standing on a beach, I have a young man and he's surrounded by sort of soldiers. Um, there is looks like a king and a queen and they're stood in front of him. And behind him on this beach is the sea and on the sea is a boat in the distance. It looks like a Viking boat, really. Um I sense, again, I, I sense a, 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 an issue with a family member. Again, this time a, a younger person, perhaps a brother, a cousin, somebody like that, who's going through um, some trauma or trouble. Mm. Um, and I think you, Melissa, again, are being asked to, you're being asked to take on the motherly role of whatever's going on amongst your your family at the moment to sort of really help with whatever is going on. And I feel that this young man, whoever he is, feels like he's being judged. Um, and he wants to, um, wants to, to leave, wants to leave the situation, get on the boat and go away. But he's, um, the family are standing their ground and saying, no, you know, you're going to, uh, do this, you're going to learn from your mistakes, or you're going to, I don't know what it could be, go to college, go to university, you're going to do this, 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 and you're all around him and you're all telling him what to do. That, 
that's definitely my younger brother. You have the devil. That one, yeah. Is it? Oh, how weird. The devil, again, similar to you, this sort of hoofed half man, half sort of goat, and he's got the, the man and the woman naked dancing on a lead. See, I've got it, it straight in my head. I've got look inside yourself, look inside yourself. You are so much stronger than you actually believe. Um, and you need to move forward. Um, stop sitting on the sidelines and waiting for other people to make decisions. You need to go forward, Melissa, and you need to make the decision. Stand tall and stand proud. And you're a very strong woman. And don't let anybody um, tell you otherwise. And then the last card is the Page of Pentacles. Now, this is a, a, a young man standing in, in a beautiful field full of hills and he's standing there. And he has one like a, like a gold coin and on it is, the, is a pentacle design. Um, and he looks very content and very happy. I'm not sure, really. This is where I've got to really concentrate hard. This is either a man that's in your life or is coming into your life and it is um, a love interest and he's going to, or is, really make you feel very uh, relaxed and comfortable and serene and happy. There's, it's almost like these, some of these fields, you can see some of the seeds growing up and, and flowering. Um, oh, this person, I think, is... Uh, <laughs> this person, I think, it will be a father of your children um, and he's going to really bring you out and um and the more the more i think you're quite sort of closed and i think he's going to bring out the more softer side of you the side that a lot of people don't genuinely see your public persona that being does that make any sense whatsoever a lot of it did i think i need to check in with my dad <laughs> and check in with my brother for sure and the devil has been stalking me that card yeah, i get that card yeah all of the time so I'm not at all surprised really? that came up when I saw it when I pulled them through I was like this is is this one for me sometimes I get that but now I think it's relevant this as well is, oh yeah, but, yeah yeah and the last one we'll see the softer side is there yeah it is and like I say it's just you've got to go with the feelings that you get um, I mean am I doing it wrong no I don't think there's any wrong way to do it I think it's just obviously again like it's highly personal and you just go with what your feelings are on what's coming through for you. So yeah. even if, you know, the things that yeah. you say imme like don't immediately sound like things that could be happening again, like I, even when I do readings for myself, I will sit on them for a while. And so I'll probably message you tomorrow about and say, oh my gosh, I get it now. But it definitely did sound like they are all people that I could very well know already, especially my brother. That one's definitely my brother, the second one. Really? How fascinating that was that was strong as well that was that was very interesting and the same with you I'll be thinking about your reading to me and uh like I say I'll probably get hold of you and say oh my god that makes sense but I didn't know you could do a reading for yourself I've always been a bit worried about that because I'm thinking well how does that work then? So I find that that's the best way to start. So I also teach tarot and I think the best way to do it is obviously now you've got the guidebook, you can learn like kind of the practical ways and like go to a course or watch people on YouTube doing it and just like, you know, learn through intuition. I think it's a mix of intuition and a mix of actually learning the meanings and what they mean. But... I think that if you take a card a day, just start very simply. First thing in the morning, take a card, 
journal what your thoughts are or if you're busy you know you can do like an audio recording on your phone just do a sentence or two what is your gut telling you this card means for you yeah and then yeah. at the end of the day after you know you've gone about you know to your day job or you've gone to the gym or you've seen some old friends and caught up whatever it is you've been doing you might have an altered perspective on that card and your experience will have made that connection to the card richer so at the end of the day I then invite the people to come and sit down with the same card and just write their updated thoughts and see how the meanings have changed for them and by doing that you can kind of teach yourself because you get the same cards coming up again and again and obviously you'll have kind of different perspectives on them but that's a kind of really good way of learning um just to keep it simple but you can do readings for yourself as well i always say that with a reading if you disagree with it when you're reading for yourself your gut is telling you something so it's never a wasted reading so quite often you'll do a yes or no situation like shall i apply for this new job i don't feel like i'm qualified enough but i like the look of it i want to apply for it or you know i'm looking at moving out to the seaside should i do it and just your reaction to whatever that card is is going to tell you subconsciously what you actually want to know so when you are getting these answers and you do a, a reading for yourself and you like you just said you know should i move to the, the, the seaside and then the card is flipped over and there's the answer who's giving you that information so you say, who's giving it to you? Yeah. So where's where's that card coming from? Who's, is it, like I say, is it the spirit world that have put that card in front of you? Because I don't understand what it else, how else it could work. Do you see what I mean? Or is it just, you know, you could put anything down and then it's what you interpret it to be? You know what? I'm actually really on the fence because I'd like to think that it is the spirit world. <laughs> I really would because there's right. so much that can't be explained. It just, it's scary. Yeah, it is scary. I always remember I went to get blessed at the church once uh, after we'd done a particularly scary uh, Most Haunted in Transylvania. And um, I remember that there was two vicars and they sat me down in their office and they said, now, have you got anything in your house like a Ouija board, tarot cards, anything like that? And I remember going, no, liar. <laughs> <laughs> Houses riddled with the damn stuff, and um, I lied. I lied. I told oh a porky gosh. to the priest because I, I, I just thought if I said yes, they would just absolutely. Well, you need to get. You know, that's the reason why. And I thought, no, we've had those in the house for years and years and years. This is something different, which it turned out to be that it, it was something different. But the tarot cards is now interesting. So the church believed the tarot cards to be uh, sort of like a portal to the spirit world, like a Ouija board. So many people believe that to be a portal to the to the spirit world. I mean, I've recently bought myself a crystal pendulum and I'm thoroughly enjoying myself, chatting away to my dad I am. I'm taking it on oh. most haunted experiences and I put it over a Ouija board and it's marvellous. I'll close my eyes, Melissa, and then I'll say, um, how many of you are here? And it will start swinging. And I never believed in any of the pendulum thing because I thought, well, it's micromuscular movement it's your blood pumping through your your heartbeat pumping through it's causing the pendulum to move but i sat there for ages holding this pendulum and it didn't move in any specific way you could see it sort of slightly moving with the pulse of my heart and so on but then after about 10 minutes when i asked how many of you are here the thing swang you know across the board with so much force and it went over to 5 and then i said uh, what year did you die? 
and then it spelled it gave us the year uh, and I can't remember how we came about it but we discovered that there'd been five monks that had been burned in the grounds of this oh particular gosh. location all from this crystal and so and 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 yet I gave it to our skeptic Glenn and I said right you use that tell me what you think well it didn't move not once it did not move for him at all and then I since discovered that if you're using crystals and I would imagine the same with the tarot cards is that it's your energy it's your energy so that crystal that I was using had my energy on it and won't work for anybody else the same as the tarot cards they say don't they I mean mine are wrapped in a black cloth and that once they're yours they're yours and you shouldn't you know pass them around to people is is that true I think it's depends on the situation so I again like I'm a big believer in energy and I think that when I do the readings in person people putting their own energy into it is important that's why I invite them to shuffle but after I do each reading I have I'm actually holding it now I've got a selenite wand and I kind of wipe the pack down with a selenite wand and so selenite's a crystal which is actually meant to be used to rid negative energies and kind of neutralize so every time I use it I sometimes use incense as well, like something that I can do a smoke cleanse with. But if I'm doing group readings for lots of people, I will then give it a quick wipe with this um, selenite wand, which also has my own energy in just to neutralize things. But I think it's a little bit of both. I think you need to have the energy of both people for it to work. Yeah, yeah. How absolutely fascinating. I could talk about this. Don't get me going on tea leaf reading. Wow, I love doing that. Um, I definitely was a witch in a former life, as you were, Melissa. I, we might have even belonged to the I same still coven. Am. I know you are. <laughs> that would have been the best coven ever. Yeah, it would have been the best. Oh god, you're witchy cackle as well. <laughs> oh, don't, me too. Don't get me started. Um, thank you so much, Melissa. As always, really enjoyed that. Uh, maybe next time we could do tea leaf reading. Amazing. Yes. And at some point you need to come down in, in person and come to Lost Boys where I hang out and I do my readings because there is something in the, the basement down there. I've led a few meditations and people keep experiencing the same thing, but I'm too scared to take my Ouija board down there. So if you could help me with that, that would be wicked. Oh, yes. Molly, producer, we're on it like a car bonnet. We'll be there. That's fantastic. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks so much for my reading right. about that. I'll, I'll let you know. And you too. Yes, and me too. I'll let you know. Thanks, Melissa. Bye. Thank you for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and a huge thank you to all our lovely listeners for sharing their visitation stories with us. Uh, you can get in touch and share your own stories at paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. That's at paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. Or you can ring in and leave a voice message for me uh, on WhatsApp. And here's the number 075-999-27537. That's 075-999-27537. I shall be waiting. And of course, our Instagram handle is at Paranormal Activity Pod. Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow and we will be back again same time next week. But if you can't wait until then, visit www.paranormalpod.co.uk. That's www.paranormalpod.co.uk where you can find options to get episodes a day early. Have a great week. Enjoy. Get those tarot cards out and start reading. And remember, Things aren't always as they seem.